0: Make sure to check out the Sunday School video for today. It's on Exodus 14 and the crossing of the Red Sea.
1: There's a model of heaven down here below. It's a picture of glory sublime. With the glorious body of Christ our dear Lord, live here on creation of Thine. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice. for a bit of and sinful old tree. You hung there between heaven and earth, my the Lord,
0: increase my
1: devotion to Thee. The beauty down here, it just gives us a glimpse of lovely and marvelous scenes. That heavenly city is calling me home that wonderful place of my God, our Saviour has given the sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree! You hung there between heaven and earth by the Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. Oh, what a reunion we'll have that red day! The face of our God we'll all see. Those loved ones we'll hold in our arms once again, In that wonderful place of our God. Our Savior has given us sweet sacrifice, What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hung there between heaven and earth, my dear Lord, Increase my devotion to thee. The church is that model of heaven for me. I love to be with them and sing. The word to proclaim it delights my poor heart, and we show how the lost may be free. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hung there between heaven and earth by the Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. When the rivers run. See the masterpiece of God make way for a blanket frosty white. When the songbirds sing, sing, it's a melody reinforcing God's design.
0: Have you ever thought about what it would be like if you could share a meal with Jesus? I mean, what types of things would you talk about over that meal? And how would that look? You know, Um, in this video, what we're going to be doing is taking a look at what it would be like to share a meal with Jesus. And we're going to do that from one of the disciples perspective, largely from the perspective of Peter. Now, the idea about sharing a meal with Jesus comes from this passage here. In Matthew chapter 26, this is what we looked at um, this morning. But when you look at verse 29, when Jesus is talking about this Lord's Supper here and he is having his last meal with them, after he blesses that cup, he says in verse 29, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. You know, he talks about drinking it new with them again. And this morning, I kind of referenced the fact that I believe that one of the things he's talking about here is the fact that when we come together and we take of the lord's supper we are participating with jesus christ in this meal so yes we are sharing a meal with jesus in that instance but you know there's there's also more significance with peter here and and with peter and the other disciples they have this conversation with jesus around this meal and he's he's changing the meaning of some things, like from the Passover, he changes it and he says that things are gonna be new. But this is not the only meal that his disciples ate with him. I mean, think about it. How many meals did they eat with him? Because Jesus, he started his ministry whenever he was around 30 years old and his ministry lasted for about three years. So they had the opportunity to be able to eat meals with him during those three years of time. And Peter is one who he did sit down and he ate with them and you know i want us to now take a look at one of those meals that they shared together but this meal actually takes place after jesus is already raised up from the dead it's a very interesting um, passage that john records for us in john chapter 21 now here's the story it's it's verses 12 through 17 and right here uh this they, they see jesus from a distance and they don't exactly recognize him at first of who he is but once they recognize who he is then they come and they they want to be with him and here in this passage we see this conversation that takes place like while they were eating and and shortly after that that meal together jesus said to them come and have breakfast none of the disciples dared ask him who are you they knew it was the lord jesus came took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus answered, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, Do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So in in this passage right here, this is a beautiful passage. And I I really like to, to look at it because I think it's a really significant part. Because at the end of most of the other gospels, what you find is Peter has denied that he knows our Lord and he, he denies him uh, three different times. And then, whenever you read in the pages of Acts, well, the, the first recorded sermon that we have is from the, the mouth of Peter. So, you know, we, what happened in between those two times? Well, this happened, this moment of reconciliation, this moment whenever Jesus shared a meal with Peter and he mended that relationship right there. And Peter, from this time on, he, he continues to, to improve and to follow Jesus and be a a very uh, main leader in the church even but this meal right here it changed Peter's life but you know this isn't the only meal that Peter talks about and the significance uh, of the meals uh, that Peter has had because Peter still has this lesson to learn from Jesus and that is you know who is welcomed at the table of our Lord To this, we're gonna turn to the pages of Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, I know it's kind of a lengthy story and I'm not gonna comment a whole lot on on a great deal of it, but I want us to get the whole story because if I just give you a summary of it, you're kind of missing some of those details and you're kind of missing some of the the good parts and and the important parts. So here, let's take a look at this story together. Acts chapter 10, verses nine through 23. was still thinking about the vision. The spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to them, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men in the house to be his guest. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the bleeder, believers from Joppa went along. So in this passage right here, Peter's idea of who is welcomed at the table of our Lord begins to change. Because he has this vision, and yes, it, it has this sheet that comes down from heaven. And, and the idea behind that is to uh, what stated in verse 15, you know, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This vision is not really about food. This vision is, is somewhat about food, a little bit, in the sense of maybe table fellowship. But really what this vision is about is that Simon Peter is being visited by these people who are Gentiles, who sometimes people, you know, Jewish people, they wanted to distance themselves from those those Gentiles. And Peter could have perhaps been one of those. But in this instance, he has this vision and he is told to not call anything impure, that God has made clean. And that vision is talking less about food and more about people, more about those Gentiles. The fact that the Gentiles are also to be included in with God's people. They are to be invited at the table of our Lord. And that's why Peter, whenever he, after he has this vision, he does invite them in and they they share this moment together. But whenever they share this moment together, it leads to another moment later on in this chapter. Verses 34 through 43, this is whenever Peter actually goes and he is proclaiming the gospel message to Cornelius and Cornelius's family, and this is what we read there. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the gospel message that Peter is, is able to proclaim And you know, he talks about those witnesses that were chosen by God. In verse 41, it it wasn't that all people were gonna see Jesus, but it was those witnesses that God had already picked out. He had already chosen those, the ones who ate and who drank with Jesus after he rose up from the dead. That includes Peter, among other disciples. They ate and they drank with him and they shared in that meal. They were welcomed at that table And this whole uh, occasion is talking about that, that times were changing. Salvation is not just for the Jewish people. It's for those Gentiles as well. It is for Cornelius and his family. And they proclaim this message. Peter proclaims this message of forgiveness of sins. And guess what? Cornelius and his family, they are welcomed at that table. And they do receive forgiveness of their sins. Verses 47 and 48, this is Peter's response to, to seeing that they are receiving the Holy Spirit. This is what he says. Surely no one can stand in the way of, of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So this is how it happened. This is how uh, Gentiles started to accept the word of God, they received forgiveness of sins because they were welcome. They were able to share this meal with Jesus, so to speak, because a witness was sent, a witness who truly did literally share a meal with Jesus after he was raised up from the dead. Cornelius and his household, they were all baptized and they wanted Cornelius to stay with them. Something that probably would have been unthinkable to, uh, I'm sorry, Cornelius and his household wanted Peter to stay with him. I don't know if I said that right or not. Something for Peter that would have been just a few days before this, unthinkable. But because of that vision and because God is telling him that things are changing and that more people are now welcome into this this table fellowship here, Peter does stay with them for a few days. But you know, that's still not the end of the story because news spread about this. And some of the Jewish believers, they, they wanted to know what Peter was doing. That's why we read in Acts chapter 11, Verses one through four, this this is what happened. News spread pretty quick. You know, sometimes we think that the news can spread really fast today. Well, it could spread pretty fast then too. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. And the rest of Acts chapter 11 retells that story of what, what Peter did and that moment that he had with Cornelius and Cornelius' family and how they received the Holy Spirit. See, these circumcised believers, these Jewish believers who, you know, were they were Christians, but they were uh, Jewish by nature, um, they had a problem with Peter that he went into the house of some uncircumcised man, that he went into the house of a Gentile and he ate with him. That just would have been unthinkable. To us we probably don't hardly get the significance of that but to Peter it was a big deal to Cornelius it was a big deal Peter told them the story and, and they were able to accept the truth they were able to accept what was going on in their midst because Jesus Christ did amazing things throughout his history here on the earth but you know Jesus Christ also did amazing things through his church and Jesus Christ still does amazing things through his church today More people are oftentimes welcomed at the table than what we might be thinking of at first. Let's learn some lessons from Peter and and let's see that that same lesson that he had to learn, that we don't need to call unclean things that, that God has already cleaned, that God has made. But, you know, sadly, even in the case of Peter, this isn't the end of the story because there is more times that, that peter shared meals with people or should i say refused to share a meal with someone else let's look at that together galatians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 for god who was at work in peter as an apostle to the circumcised was also at work in me that is in paul as an apostle to the gentiles james cephas and john those esteemed as pillars gave me and barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Things have changed in this time. In the time that the the book of Galatians was written, Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles. And we see here that there's this this distinction between him and his ministry and Peter's ministry. They were both working together, of course, but they were working in maybe different parts of the world and they were dealing with different types of people. But Paul had to kind of re-correct peter's idea because just because you can grasp this concept at one time and what it means to share a meal with jesus what it means to be invited to that table of jesus just because you can grasp that at one time in your life doesn't mean you're always going to keep that because you can forget it and you can have to be retaught that i mean peter did and peter i mean he was a really good guy i'm not trying to to criticize him except for just we notice he was a human just like us because galatians 2 continues on Look at verses 11 through 16. When Cephas, that is, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So in this passage, Paul is reteaching Peter this lesson that he is apparently at this point, he's forgotten that, you know, he he was all, it was all well and good that he ate with Gentiles and, and that he was able to be at their table whenever it was just the Gentiles around. But whenever Jewish believers came around, Peter removed himself from them and they went over there to the Jews. Could you imagine that scene? You know, grown men acting like this, grown Christians acting like this. Peter had forgotten who was welcomed at the table and who he needs to welcome at his own table and who he shares a meal with. Paul was there to remind him. The Holy Spirit reminded him before. Now this time it was was a worker of God. It was Paul who reminded him that this lesson needs to still be taught. You know, we still need to learn this lesson and we need to be reminded of this lesson as well. And we need to look at who are we inviting to our table? Because you might actually find, you know, I, I labeled this, this, this sermon to share a meal with Jesus, but you might actually find that you're the one that is, is preventing Jesus from sharing a meal with you. If you're not accepting him at that meal, if you're not inviting him to that meal, this is something that we really do need to think about and we need to examine our own lives and see who we accept at our own table and who we share meals with and who we share fellowship with i want to look at one final passage with you it comes from first corinthians chapter 11 and this is specifically dealing with the lord's supper and this is a way that that paul is is speaking about noticing this this moment and the significance of this moment and he's getting on to the corinthian church because they aren't celebrating the the lord's supper the way that they should they they aren't celebrating it openly as they should with with fellow believers they they've turned it into this this strange meal this strange gathering they're not really um, counting one another as equals. they're not counting one another hardly even as christians the uh the Richer Christians are looking down upon the poorer Christians. This is another way in which we can, when we really need to think about who is invited at the table of Jesus. Who is invited to share this meal, to share this fellowship with Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 32. Notice this and recognize that I think most of the time whenever he's talking about examining the body and sinning against the body, he's not talking about your physical body. I believe he's really talking about the body of Christ. The church. That's who he's talking about. So whenever we read this in the context of the church and what we are doing to the church, it means something so much more than what it does just on an individual basis. Verses 27 through 32. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. This passage it does clearly teach us that we need to be aware of of how we take this lord's supper of how we have fellowship uh, with you know who we have fellowship with and are we really examining ourselves before we we enter into this moment are we discerning the body of christ we are called to discern the body of christ we are called to to examine these things you see all of these these passages are connected Because all of them deal with us being able to share in what Jesus Christ is involved in. To be able to share a meal with Jesus, it means that you also have to be willing to invite him to your table and be willing to to share in that fellowship with him. Have you examined yourself today? What about tomorrow? We need to examine ourselves every day and we need to really take this, this lesson to heart, this message to heart about who we invite to our table.
1: We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Lost like a sheep that went astray. your God. Come back to the fold. fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Oh, please don't stay. to your God, come back to, the fold. come back to the fold. We want you back, we want you back, we want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back, we want you back, we want, back. We want the coin back in its mold. Though you have wandered, Come back to the fold.